episode of Fantasy Football Chambers is back. So good to be back. And we got a new song. 2019, here we come. What's up, everybody? How is everybody doing tonight? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're doing pretty good. We're getting pretty excited. We're actually recording this on day one of all the preseason games. Not counting the Hall of Fame game. That game don't count. No, that game was horrendous. <laughs> it's still football, but yes, not so good. So what's going on, everybody? We're excited to be back, excited for fantasy football in the very near future. And we have a lot of fun things coming up. We've got our live draft day, which it's going to be epic. Um, we're going to talk a little fantasy news. But yeah, before we do that, let's talk about our league and talk about our live draft day. So our live draft is going to be on September 1st. That's it's going to be Sunday, everybody. Yep, Sunday of Labor Day weekend. And it's going to be at 1 p.m., but as always, if you want to roll in a little bit earlier, and obviously feel free to feel free to stay as late as you want. Uh, if you're going to be drinking heavily, you know I've got the guest room, I've got couches, so feel free to crash here. Sleep in the yard, on the ground, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so that's that's the goal this year. We're going to try to do this shit outdoors. Hopefully, you know we get a nice sunny day. Hopefully, somewhere in the 70s, nice and beautiful. We've got uh, some canopies. We're going to put up a bunch of tables, a bunch of alcohol, a bunch of food. And uh, it's going to be a great time. It always is. It always is. And, you know, we've got we've got some new faces coming this year, too. I know we actually have a co-commissioner in the league, Nate. Yeah, you know, a little pity had to let the guy in. No, honestly, it's a good friend of ours. He's been wanting to get into this league now for the last two years. Yeah, and he knows his shit. Not really an open spot for the guy. So it's a good way for him to let still let him be part of the league. Yeah, and that's kind of the trouble with my league right now. I think most of the people we have are probably lifers. So... We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, let's. Uh, so live draft day stuff going on. I mean, obviously, like you said, gonna be food. We got the, we already got the draft boards. It's gonna be good stuff. What else gonna be going on? Well, we got a couple surprises that'll be coming in the draft. Oh yeah, we all can't. looking forward to what Kyle will lay on the league there for our last place finisher, Mister Rocky Balboa. Uh, that's gonna be a good time. I've heard. I've gotten a little inkling into. What to expect? I'm giving nothing away, but I promise you, we're all gonna have some good laughs. Oh yeah, I promise. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing for sure. Nick's a good sport; he'll take it in stride. But yeah, it, it's gonna be like I said, a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to seeing y'all again. Playing an awesome year of fantasy. Hopefully, a lot of trade talk, a lot of banter. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's my favorite part. So, uh, speaking of which, draft day. So do's and don'ts. We're going to go over them at Drafty anyway, but obviously please bring your do's. Um, I'd really appreciate it. And I mean, wait, I can go over everything on Draft Day. I mean, is there anything else you want to mention before we move on to some news? No. I mean, I guess I would just mention be timely. Please be timely. We really do want to kick it off at 1 o'clock. I know some people uh, might somewhere have some things then. going on. So let's, let's be timely, especially since we have so much going on, you know, pre-gaming before the draft. And I don't just mean the alcohol and drinking, things like that, but you all know Eddie worked really hard to make sure that our drafts are exciting. So, you know, be be timely. Try to try to be here on time so that we can get started a regular 1 o'clock kickoff like we're hoping for. Hell yeah. So, that being said, I mean, we're going to obviously talk about or actually experience the draft a couple weeks, so we won't spend too much more time on that, but... Uh, let's talk about some fantasy news, some of the stuff going on. I mean, probably the biggest news right now is Antonio Brown. Unbelievable is all you can really say to what is <laughs> breaking out right now. And, you know, as you were saying earlier to me today. Frozone. 
it just keeps getting, you know, the information just keeps piling. It's unbelievable how someone can be so irresponsible. You leave your last place of employment, not on good terms. You put blame on other people, accept no blame on anything or your own behavior. You find a new home who invests a ton of money in you and says, we believe in you. We're going to give you that opportunity. And then boom, irresponsible, not going to be able to play football. There's no timetable on when he's going to be able to come back. If you haven't seen the pictures, get online. So I, was just I gonna saw say, him today. Hop on. It's not good. <laughs> no. I mean, it could be. Yeah, I was, I was extreme guessing Extreme frostbite weeks. on the bottom of his feet. I mean, I was guessing weeks. I, you know, Eddie said he's heard months. I mean, this is. And I don't know if you mentioned it, but it, how it happened. He actually was getting the a lot of these high-end athletes. They go in those cryo chambers. They claim it's for recovery and this and that. A lot of athletes use them. Yeah. A lot of athletes have used this process. Yep, absolutely. So, it, and again, he didn't put on the proper footwear, got frostbite on the bottom of his feet. He's, from what I'm reading, it could be months. And well, honestly, I think the Raiders, they can cut him. I think I think this is this voids his contract. They shouldn't be happy. They went out and guaranteed this man thirty-five million dollars. I mean, what an investment saying, hey, here you go, we want you here. And you can't even show up to make one preseason game. Never mind regular season game. And, and these are all snaps. You're gonna miss? These are all snaps that him and Derek Carr needed. You need the timing. Exactly. You gotta build you have to build that trust and build that timing. It's unbelievable. It's this could be detrimental because here we are entering preseason game one, and now the Oakland Raiders don't even have a real number one wide receiver. Nope. Because he's laid up somewhere. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good, man. I'm actually googling their wide receiver depth right now because I don't think it's good. No, it's not gonna be. They're gonna be on the market looking for someone because they cannot go into the season with what they have currently on their staff. They already had Jody Nelson retire on them. Right, he signs a one-day contract with the Green Bay Packers and retires, so he's out, and he might be the best thing you had other than Antonio Brown before this signing. Which is funny too. I don't know if anyone watched Hard Knocks yet. I watched episode one of Hard Knocks, and yeah, it, Antonio Brown he showed up on a like hot air balloon to the stadium, and he's talking himself up and this and that. It's like, dude, that's uh, not a good look, man. It's not. You're not, not setting a good look. A, you're not setting a good example as a veteran leader for a team that you should be for all the young guys trying to make this team. Yeah, so right now, example. Right now, it looks like Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro would be their two main wide yeah. receivers. Not feeling good about that, no. are you? No. God, no. I mean, you already lost your number one. So, for granted, not a wide receiver, but your number one targeted receiver last year, you already lost your tight end to another team. You bring in this big gun. Yeah, in, Jared Cook's gone. Gone, yeah. So you bring in this big gun in Antonio Brown to hopefully – take a lot of those snaps away and now he can't play it's not good it's not good and it's 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 not good for me having the first pick because i did i've been doing a lot of mocks and one of my favorite things to do was you know taking any any one of the top four tier running backs being you know obviously saquon zeke christian mccaffrey and alvin Kamara. we're going to talk about zeke in a little bit sure but and then coming back to the turnaround, more often than not, staring me in the face was Antonio Brown. Sitting there in what, the turn on the third yeah, round? Yeah, on the turn of the third. And I was like, okay, I'll take Antonio Brown. But now it's more likely going to be a, a Mike Evans or a Keenan Allen or you know somebody more so 
in that reliable that actually will be there to play football yeah exactly it doesn't have frostbite on their feet <laughs> so yeah I, I don't know man if you're the raiders you're kind of screwed and it, honestly though man especially with john gruden as the coach like this is just making for such a the theatrics have been fantastic in hard knocks i can't even imagine hard knocks like this next week it's gonna be fantastic it's gonna make for great tv they're gonna be a shitty team but let's be honest if this happened in new england this man would not have a job right now. They it's would true. have cut him. Yeah, it's true. 100% true. So, moving on from Antonio Brown and the Raiders dumpster fire. Let's talk about let's talk about recent news. Let's talk about the Duke Johnson trade that just happened today. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic signing for Houston. I mean, they I think it's to a do fan, something. I think it's a good move for both. Yeah, sure. I think they it helps both to, teams. I'm not What did what did Cleveland get they got a trade. fourth they got a 2020 uh fourth round draft pick sure with a clause in the contract that's likely going to move it up to a third round draft pick depending on how he performs yes Fair so enough. I I I think that's 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 pretty good that's pretty good for Cleveland they get another pretty damn high draft capital thing back and if you're you know if you're the Cleveland Browns I mean you're you're not hurting for people catching the football right now third or fourth round draft pick for a disgruntled player who didn't want to be there is a win yeah and you've got you know i think their whole thing right now is they've got a lot of talent they want to win now and you already have kareem hunt waiting in the wings coming back later in the season we know he excels as a pass catching running back and nick chubb's no slouch man nick chubb is a good back this definitely to me bumps chubb up um he's full chubb right now Full chubby. <laughs> so I I know a lot of people were down on Chubb this year, and I think that's a mistake. I think you're going to be able to get Chubb at a discount. I think it could be a top five running back in that offense. So I'll be targeting Chubb in most of my leagues. And, I mean, how do you feel about Chubb? Yeah, I like him a lot. I, I guess I can understand <clears throat> to some point why some play, some why some fantasy people out there may be a little skeptical about Chubb, and that's mostly with the addition of Odell Beckham to Cleveland. How pass-heavy does Cleveland become now that they got some pretty wide receivers like an Odell Beckham, like a Jarvis well, you Landry, saw, you like saw, a Juku at tight end? They're pretty stacked in that. They are. They are. But, we, but you saw when you saw when Freddie Kitchens came in and changed that offense up. It became a very, you know, it was it was it was more ground and pound. I understand you have Odell. You've got Jarvis Landry. You've got. David Njoku, you get the list goes on. They have these amazing pass catchers, but having all those amazing pass catchers, guess what it does? You can't stack the box against Chubb. Oh, and, and he is a beast. And I agree with that. My fear is not in the ability on what they'll create being there for Chubb. My fear, I guess, as a fantasy owner of Nick Chubb, would be: Does the coaching staff, the offensive coordinator, fall in love with the pass because of now what they have, which would take away from? opportunities for Nick Chubb. That's it, about all yeah. I could honestly see to be fearful of. And he was great. Like he was great in the red zone last year, Chubb. So, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, if they can work down the field even more with some of these wide receiver weapons and they're within the 10, you know, you know, Chubb's getting the ball at least on first down and he'll, he could slam it in there. So I, I feel good about Chubb. And I think, you know, going over to uh, the Duke Johnson end of the ball, 
I I think it was a good move. I mean, do you do you downgrade Lamar Miller now? Well, I don't know. I know you and I were kind of talking about that too. I don't know that I downgrade him because to me, Lamar Miller was nothing but a first, second um, down back anyway. So to me, yeah, I I agree. I so don't think Duke, you down. I don't think you downgrade Lamar Miller too much. The person I would give a slight uptick to is Deshaun Watson. He now has another nice little short, you know, very elite and. Okay, maybe not elite, but I will say great. Duke Johnson is a great third down back, he great pass make, catching back. He can make plays and, with his feet and his and hands. De- and Deshaun Watson has not had that yet at his time in Texas. So unfortunately, Devontae, you know, Foreman, who they thought, yeah, Deontay Foreman, Deontay Foreman, who they thought would be that guy, was the the inability to stay on the field. Well, and the sometimes Achilles is, injury. You know, sometimes that's the biggest thing when it comes to being in the NFL. You can have all the skill set you want, but if you can't be out there, you're not there to. You're not going to be there to help your team. And I think they're going to get that in Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson has shown durability with his time over in Cleveland. And this is going to be a big upgrade for them on for that third down back. And you know what? This gives this team some protection that if Lamar Miller is not performing, they got a guy they can give the ball to that might do just fine. Yeah, with- people people don't realize that uh, Duke Johnson, even not even catching but straight rushing, he averages just under five yards a carry. So he's... He's pretty damn good on the ground. They've just never really required him that, and he's not—he's not a super little guy. He's like—he's relatively intermediate size. I mean, you know, roughly, I, I, kind of around that Devonta Freeman type of frame. So he's not—you know—he—he's not—he's not a Tariq Cohen type of back. He's—he's he's a bit bigger. He could handle, you know, first and second down work if needed. Over the course of a season, I don't know, but we've never had to see that before. So moving on from that, I mean, I think, again, I think it was a trade that worked. It's a win-win. It, it, it was a win-win, which, yeah, that's how you want it to happen. Uh, let's go to, let's get some more high-profile news that we haven't had a chance to talk about, but it's been happening over the last few weeks with Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott and Michael Thomas, but he's no longer in that trio because he got paid. He got paid. He got paid big time. But Goodness. Yeah, and... But I mean Zeke and Melvin Gordon. I mean on let's let me all right on a scale of one to ten, one being I'm trying to one being like not at all nervous that they're gonna sit out and ten being like holy shit they could miss significant time. Let's start Melvin Gordon. For me, he's a seven. For me, he's higher on the chart than Ezekiel Elliott. At so this what would point. you put Zeke at? I put Zeke Five. at about a three. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm I think not, it'll get done. With Zeke's current contract, he has two years left on his contract. This isn't like a Le'Veon Bell situation where, you know, they're going to franchise tag him, yada, yada. You know, Zeke still has two years left on his rookie contract. He's going to accrue fines. I still think he's going to show up and play. I just heard something yesterday. I believe it was yesterday that um, the Dallas Cowboys had made an offer to the receiver, uh, you know, to um, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper to Ezekiel uh, Elliott as well as Dak Prescott that would put them in the top five of their position for pay and they're trying to lock in all three so I think a deal will get done I think Dallas will have to budge if they need to because there's no real depth there yeah budge and Jerry Jones don't really go together yeah but I think that I, I believe that they will because there's a lot of speculation out there that they think this Dallas team is a contender in the NFC and the difference from for me looking at the Melvin Gordon and the Chargers situation is They've got guys that they're confident in that can do a decent job for yeah, them. Yeah, so it's what uh, Justin Jackson. Yes, and, and um, 
Uh, his name's escaping <laughs> me now to uh, Austin but, Eckler. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. So they've got guys that they've got faith in. Um, so it's too bad because one of my he was actually one of my sneaky pickups at the end of drafts. Justin Jackson, you could pick him up for free. You're if Gordon does not come back and sit out, he ain't gonna be free no more. And I'd be more inclined to go after because Eckler's role is carved out. You know, he already had that third down specialist back. Justin Jackson would be more the ground and pound that first, second down. He can catch the ball too. So if you're looking for a cheap, potentially starting running back towards the end of a draft, pick him up. Absolutely. I mean, and he'll still add some validity to your team, even if Melvin Gordon comes back. Yeah, especially on an, an offense like the Chargers, which we know it's going to be a good offense. We saw what happened with Pittsburgh last year with all the people that picked up James Conner late sure. in drafts. So, yeah, yeah, I I think I'm with you. I'm much more nervous about Melvin Gordon than I am Zeke. Absolutely. But, I mean, what the hell can you do here? Welcome to the NFL. This is the time and age. This is what it's been. What else do you want to talk about here? What else is going on in the world of fantasy football? Well, you know, I, I guess I don't want to dive too far into it because it's our first uh, podcast, and, you know, we'll get into more depth and discussion regarding the season upcoming. Um, hoping to get back on track here, guys, and doing a podcast once a week as we roll into here. Um, I'm not really sure. I guess, you know, let's talk a little bit in regards to draft strategy. And where you, you know, in different types of strategies that people may, approaches they may take, like a zero RB. Maybe some of our GMs don't know what a zero RB approach is. Yeah, so zero zero RB was kind of became popular roughly five, six years ago. I'd agree with that. Where, you know, normally in in fantasy football, you know, the running back is always the, the premium position. That's a position usually people prioritize. But... Once the PPR format started becoming more and more popular, you know, that was to help wide receivers get some of that value back. So now if you're in a half point or especially a full point PPR league, the zero running back strategy is very viable. It's more so if if you're like mid to late in the first round with one of your picks, if you're if you're a guy sitting at six through ten, what you essentially do is you prioritize wide receiver and tight end. Sure. For your first couple picks. So you get a premium tight end, and then you get stud wide receivers. And then once you hit the later rounds, you're pretty much taking slow and steady, like the Lamar Millers, guys you know that are going to give James you James White. Yeah. Players like guys that. that will give you a safe floor, but aren't necessarily going to stand up. But you can make that up in a PPR league, especially if you're in a three wide receiver league, you know, three wide receiver, two running back. Zero RB is even more viable. Yeah, or um, even a even a two wide receiver flex. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you could you could absolutely you know feasibly if you're like you just mentioned. I mean, if you go zero RB, you could let's say you're pick ten. Sure. You know, you could take a combination of you know you could say a Michael Thomas and a Tyree Kill. Sure. For your first two wideouts, comes back to you again. You know, you could take uh, Zach Ertz or a George Kittle, and then combo him up with a Julian Edelman. Or Robert Woods, or Brandon Cooks, or which I mean, that's a pretty strong start to your draft. Yeah. Having one of those guys in your flex and that kind of tight end. And another reason why people really like that zero RB approach um, is because typically injuries they happen mostly with your running backs. Yep. So um, especially in those mid to late rounds, like you're talking about, I shouldn't say late rounds, mid to late first round, um, it's always tough to invest in a reach. Than it is into a number one, especially in a position that tends to get 
injured more often than others. So that's why you kind of load up on the back end of those second and third, fourth tiered running backs. And you take the lottery got, picks. You know, you yeah. take the handcuffs. You take people that you it's think it. potentially could win jobs or if, pop off. If you don't believe that, ask the guys last year that in the late first round, second round, or wherever he may have gone, that said, we're going to take James Conner because we don't think that Le'Veon Bell's coming back. Dude. Here's another Austin, right, so, Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon. I mean, here it is again. And we saw, it, we saw it last year in Nate's League. I went with zero RB strategy, just the way things fell to me. I believe I was picking out of the six seven, spot. Six spot. Yep. Yep. So I took, uh, I believe it was Julio Jones. Yeah. No, no. I took Antonio Brown. Then I took Julio Jones on the way back, and then I took Mike Evans on the way back again. Right. And then I took uh, fourth round. I ended up. I did go with my first running back, which was Jordan Howard, because yep. I was pretty high on him. He had unfortunately not a great year. Great ending. But you know, then I worked. I worked the wire. I picked up George Kittle which we know what happened there. I picked up James Conner late, and you know I was able to kind of patchwork my running backs as the year went on. Because if you're... The biggest thing is if you're paying attention and you've got your finger on the pulse, you can kind of see things that are happening. If you're... The biggest thing is watching the games, reading what beat reporters are saying, and you can kind of get an inkling of what's happening. Yeah, pay attention to the web. Watch the news. Listen to I mean, throw on the NFL Network and just let it play in the background and listen to what's going on. These small tidbits will definitely help you when it comes to drafting. And be careful of, uh, in speaking of the opposite of that, be careful of coach speak in the preseason uh, because we see... we never I never listen to we, that. We see, you know, it, he looks... He's in the best shape of his life. You know, he's going to he's gonna blow everyone away. He looks amazing. Pete Carroll is the king of that. You know, Pete Carroll, everyone on his team is the greatest in the NFL, and they're going to be amazing. Well, I believe in positive reinforcement by the coaches. <laughs> I think that's a great thing, but there's a difference between positive reinforcement and actually being able to do what they say that they can do. Yeah. Um, speaking, this is speaking why I of like people, watching the preseason games, honestly, Eddie, because I don't want to say bubble guys, but some of those guys that are in new places, like Le'Veon Bell over in the New York Jets, and I can't wait to get into to plays in new places. We'll do that so on, great. A, on another... Um, We'll do that on another uh, podcast. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a perfect example right there. I'm absolutely tuning in, especially where I'm drafting in that five, six, seven, eight, nine spot where there's a chance that he could fall to me. I want to see how they use this guy. Speaking of which, Kyler Murray is starting tonight. Fantastic, as he so, should. Yeah. He it, needs to start building that rapport with his receivers and, and players in his offensive line. So very curious to see how that air raid offense pans out, and not even for him, more so for David Johnson. Because, you know, if they can, Arizona was one of historically the worst offenses ever in the history of the NFL last year. David Johnson still finished as the running back nine. Which so, is unbelievable so because his, I thought it was very mediocre from him. Well, it, it's still considered a bust because he was a top three pick. So, I mean, you still used one of your top three draft picks on him, but he was technically still a low end running back one. That was his absolute floor. It was, yeah, exactly. Absolute that floor. team as a whole was atrocious. So this watch. team, you know, they brought Bruce Arians in. I'm not sorry, not Bruce Arians. I'm mixing him up. That he's in uh, Tampa Bay. He's Tampa Bay. That's yeah, right. I'm thinking of um, Cliff Kingsbury. Yes. So they brought Cliff offensive, Kingsbury in. An offensive yeah. mind. Very offensive minded coach with an offensive minded quarterback. It's going to be. They may not win a lot of games. I think it's going to be damn fun to watch them though. It'll I think be, it's going to be high flying football. Which can be good for fantasy. Not not technically good for NFL. But usually good for fantasy. But again, 
these these preseason games exactly why you should be tuning into them. I know people say I don't like fantasy. I don't like preseason football. It's boring. Super important. Well, guess what? You're going to get an idea for Kyle Murray. You're going to see how that interaction, like you said, will be with David Johnson. How Le'Veon Bill will be implemented into, into that New York Jets offense. Now, don't get me wrong. No one's giving anything away. There's not going to be any great set plays. It'll be very generic offense, a very generic defense being called on both sides. But you still will get an indication on how they plan to use these guys, especially as you get deeper into the uh, preseason season. Yeah, so a good example was, you know, you mentioned the Hall of Fame game last week, which, again, it is a trash game. But I still took things away from that watching it. One of the biggest things was looking at uh, Atlanta's offensive line and looking at their running back core where, you know, Devonta Freeman obviously did not play a single snap. I'm pretty high on Devonta Freeman this year. I know he's had some injury problems the last two seasons. But, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's gone, the crappy OC. And they brought back, I'm trying to think, Dirk Cutter. Uh, they brought back in their old school OC. And I think, I think Freeman, you know, he's going to be on one of the top offenses in the NFL. If he stays healthy, he's great. But the reason I mention this, the thing I... I kept an eye on. Ito Smith was in that game. He looked fucking horrendous. And even last year, you know, him and Tevin Coleman had to split the duty. And he was just not good, man. He was just not good at all. And I just don't think he's a very good running back. So to me, Devonta Freeman has he has absolutely zero worry of Ito Smith taking over that role. So, I mean, I'd, again, a zero running back strategy type of back. I'd take a shot on Devonta Freeman. I think a nice situation about Devontae Freeman is he has the possibility to bring it back three or four years ago. Does he still have the skill set from three or four years ago? I don't know how much he's. I think he does know, because he trended down, but you know he doesn't have the tread on the tires too. You know he had some of these injuries the last two seasons that you know again he he doesn't he essentially got two years of really resting up and this is the first time in a while that you know, an entire preseason, and now he's coming in, and he is, he's, they're all saying he's 100%. We just you haven't heard see. Of... He's coming off of an injury. We'll have to see. Yeah. But, but again, why you watch, right? Yeah. This is again why you need to tune in. Speaking of which, that's shit starting soon. Anything else you want to talk about? No. Um, I think this has been a pretty good broadcast. We did a little uh, draft strategy. Guys, we would love to hear some thoughts on what you might want to hear this season. Um, if you do have any uh, things that you'd like to have us bring up before the draft time comes, we'd be glad to talk about it. So chime on in, whether it's on our YouTube page, whether it's going to be on the fantasy page that Ed created. Let's hear from it, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys all soon. Cool. Well, yeah, man, it's uh, it's been fun to do this again. Looking forward to doing it more. Later, guys. It's been the Fantasy Football Chambers. We out. We out. <laughs>